Hey, what's up? This is Ranting with Randy. I'm Randy, and this is a podcast about anything and everything that could drive a sane person stark, raving mad, and I still don't have a COVID-19 coronavirus-specific intro. However, I don't have time to make one now because this podcast happens to be super time-sensitive because Lincoln Mitchell dropped some serious knowledge about how Trump is going after the fucking post office to destroy any of the results that may or may not stem from mail-in ballots. And I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let Lincoln talk because this is the most time-sensitive podcast I've ever had to put up since we started podcasting like 7,000 episodes ago. It's not all 7,000 episodes, but you get the point. There's an urgency and I don't have the proper introduction. And now I'm used to Franklin doing the introduction for me, so I don't even know if I remember my own original introduction. Uh, so without any without any other bullshit, here's Lincoln breaking down what he discussed earlier today in his Mitchell Minute. So if you need to see the Mitchell Minute first, go check out his Instagram at Lincoln A. Mitchell, and now you can listen to him extrapolate on that point before he immiserates me at the end. That should be All right. Fun. That's right. We're going to start. If we start off the podcast like we are now, fuck it. It only can go up from there. So I think, I, which I'm not sure of, because you used a big word like immiserate in your in your, uh, I was like, what in the fuck about the post office? And I think a lot of people's reactions were like exclamation points. They, they reposted and they send it to me like, you know, and they like share it with a million exclamation marks, like all over it. Like, holy shit. Like, I mean, this one guy was like, dude, he's right on point. You know, Franklin's like, damn Linky's right. You know, everyone is like, oh my God, this is really fucking bad. If yeah. if if Trump does manage to cause the United States Postal Service to I don't know implode, close on itself, shut down, dysfunction, go I, ahead. But I don't, you know, you know the post office is one of those things that I mean, how much does it cost to send a letter today? Forty five cents. I think I honestly buy I my stamps buy, the, buy at the bodega. So I tend to buy the forever stamps just because I get a bunch at a time, and then I just kind of use them till I run out. So in other words, I buy them at that rate and they work, you know, so. But the thing about a letter, a post office, is that for 45 cents, now you don't necessarily send a lot of letters. No one really does anymore. But you could send a letter from here to San Francisco. Right. Right? And if you think you can get a letter from here to San Francisco for less than 45 cents on your own, I mean, obviously you need an institution to do that, right? And you can also send a letter from here to my neighbor for 45 cents. It probably would cost three cents. And the post office is one of the few things that kind of holds the country together as one. It is politically and socially significant that you can send a letter from point A to point B for the same amount of money. Now, I also think that as someone who gets mail every day, 80% of things I get in the mail get recycled without even being opened. Correct. And, and I think that you, all of us should be in a time of, of, of environmental crisis. Like, like, let's just stop sending junk mail. And that would, I don't know if that makes it easier or harder for the post office, but that, that, that's my kind of pet issue with the post office. These people, you know, but to suggest the post office isn't efficient or something, you know, is, is nonsense. Uh, again, this is, you know, the problem with government or the challenge of government is that everyone does the easy part of the job and then so, so, and then leaves the hard work to the post office. So getting something from a, say, a Native American reservation in Montana to a, uh, Village in Hawaii, the post office is the only person that's going to do that for one letter. Otherwise, it's going to cost you a lot of money, right? But when you just break these things down, ultimately what you do is the poor people just don't have access to it anymore. But we're not going to, we're not going to end the post office by November. But what Trump will do is seed 
doubts in people. The like what? Office, like they're not delivering shit or stuff's getting lost or stuff is getting... The post office is corrupt. The post office is incompetent. Oh, Jesus. The post office is being run by liberal Democrats who are part of the deep state. Therefore, on... I mean, these aren't true, but these are the things I know, but it's fucking Therefore, ridiculous. So let me give you an example. Let's say we move to vote by mail in Michigan, just to pick one swing state, right? Yeah. And let's say, and, and typically when you do vote by mail, in most states, the policy is that if your ballot is postmarked by, in this case, Tuesday, November 3rd, so so there might be, you know, let's imagine that you're working for Joe Biden in Flint, Michigan. You know, so you're going around and you're telling people, get this thing in the mail by 8 o'clock at this post office, it'll be postmarked, right? And people are rushing to the, or you're even helping people get to the, right, get their ballots in the mailbox. So now when they start counting the votes, on Tuesday night at 11, Trump is winning by 500 votes, right? Just again, bear with me. Uh, I am. You can see this happening. Then on Wednesday at the post office in Flint, and for that matter, Detroit, and for that matter, Ann Arbor, right, which are the three places, if you look at a map of Michigan, the Geneseo, Wayne, and I forget the third one are the main counties that will vote Democratic because that's where the Democrats live. So now let's say you get huge bushels of letters of legal ballots and they're running nine to one for Biden because they're coming from Detroit, the inner city, or Flint, or the college, the precincts around the campus at the University of Michigan. Now Trump says, look, these came in late. The post office is stuffing the ballot box, et cetera, et cetera. Now there's not a shred of evidence that any of that has occurred. Right. But it is another piece in the storyline that he is telling of this election is stolen. And by creating the doubts of the post office, he then says, I told you in you know April that the post office was part of the deep state plot. Now, to a normal person, this sounds, to use a political science term, batshit fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. But we're not talking about healthy, mentally healthy people here. So they've been primed to hear this, and then they hear it. And and this is, I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that on November 4th, you're calling me up or your listeners are calling me up and laughing at me or tweeting. They're your me. listeners, Lincoln. These are people that want to hear from you. They don't want to fucking hear from me. They but I hope that they're calling up, tweeting me and saying, you're, full, you're so full of shit. Look, Trump left and now Biden's going to be president. But I don't think that's going to be the case. And moreover, the only way we make that the case is by drawing attention to the possibility now and trying to do something to stop it, which we're not doing. And I've been screaming about this. I went back. I looked. The first article I wrote about Trump not leaving office was in February of 2017. That's how long I've been saying this. You have. We're seeing the pieces of it. And, and it is important to stay one step ahead rather than one step behind. And I don't think we're staying one step ahead, partially because – we are in the middle of a real crisis, and you and I might, or a normal person, a person who understands like life, might look at America. By the way, did you see the morning in America ad? Oh my God! But that sums it up, right? There are two problems in America today. One is that this pandemic is killing. That mo- that ad gives you. If you don't watch that and leave with like right. the hair on the back of your neck standing up, a lump in your throat, and like just like, yeah. oh my god, there's but something wrong with you. But there's two problems, right? One, people are dying from this virus, and that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. And two, the economy is in very bad shape. And you know, anybody who's serious about governance knows that those are the problems we have to address. As president. And I use that word lightly. Trump sees it. The major problem facing America is that his poll numbers aren't good. Right. And and therefore he might not be a, be president. Therefore he might go to jail. And that's what's driving everything he 
does. And he has more or less said it. Now, now what, what, you know, Trump is a lot of things. Among them is, and I, I can't stress this enough, he's not by any measure smart. Yeah. And there's a tendency to say he's smart because you want to believe, even people, I just hear people want to believe it because it's hard, but he's not. And, and he also doesn't have an ability to think five minutes, let alone five days, five weeks, five months, into the, five years into the future. But this plan to open up America is because he needs that jolt of, you know, Dow Jones adrenaline today. The jolt is going to be the amount of people that are dead because well, every that's place be, that's, that's right. opening is it, the numbers have spiked. I can't even. I had to turn wait, off wait, the can news. You hold on one second. Yeah, go ahead. We have to take this. Hold on one second. I can. Hello? You can. You can take whatever call you need. I can. Uh, I can talk to myself. Or wait. Who are you on the so phone I, with? And, and I also do need to do a little prep. That was somebody from a network that wanted me to go on TV and talk about the the, the whistleblower report. Now, the whistleblower you know, report. Go, the, right. The, 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 about the vaccine, about the, the, the corruption behind trying to get the vaccine. Um, uh, wait, what's the, what's the corruption about trying to get the vaccine? I've not, I've literally not watched the news. Is this new? Yeah. So just what happened briefly with the corruption with trying to get the vaccine? What the fuck is the trending hashtag for um, that? Ousted vaccine director files whistleblower complaint alleging alleging coronavirus warnings were ignored. More of that. And then the kind of grift. Dr. Rick Bright, the director of the office involved in developing coronavirus vaccine, formally filed an extensive whistleblower complaint Tuesday, alleging his early warnings about the coronavirus were ignored and that his caution as a, at a treatment favored by President Donald Trump led to his removal, um, et cetera. But anyway, they wanted me to go on this network and talk about this. And, and, and I said to them, I said, I said, I'm, I will not, I don't do television anymore where I argue with members of a cult. I said, I grew up in a town where 800 people went to the jungle and was killed, and I take cults very seriously, and it doesn't help anybody just to yell. And, and, um, and I will not go on television and talk to somebody who has blood on their hands, because as you know, when I'm on television, I'm always very respectful and polite. I never raise my voice. I try to bring humor. I try to actually give my colleagues credit when they're saying things that make any sense at all. And I'd be very professional. I'm not, I can't do that anymore with these people. They have blood on their hands, and I won't do it. Wow. And Good for you for taking speech. a stand. Good for you, and though. Then said, and then he said, oh, no, it's just you and the host. And I said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> but still, is the host on that network one of those complicit people? It's not Fox. I don't Oh, okay. All right. I just, I mean, you don't, I, I mean, not that it's no, any of my business, but I, mean, I know. Good point, for you. And frankly, before I went on Fox, I want to talk to my attorney. Because. Oh, interesting. It is, it is a propaganda arm of a, of a, uh political force that has blood on its hand and has flirted with with crimes against humanity and i don't really want to be a part of that so so anyway that was the conversation well amen for that okay that's okay listen you look there's still priorities there's still you know things doesn't mean i have to put on a shirt and a tie at least from here up i'm wearing (laughs) just be careful because christopher reeve's son went and did that i don't know if you caught that on twitter but he put on a suit jacket and a like a button-down shirt and sat in his boxer shorts and didn't realize that people could see Below no, his suit and his tie. I have, I, have je- I have jeans on, you see. I'm just kidding. Wait, but so let's I, go back. Okay, so let's go back to what you were saying all, about— I'm a professor, and when you're a teacher, that is, that, that's like you, you can't go teach your students with no pants on. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, some could. Yeah, some it, might want you to. You can't do that, right? Yeah. You can see the problem. It's not okay. Definitely not okay, but in this day and age, we're rewriting what yeah, is and I, what I, isn't okay, okay. For the record, I wear pants. <laughs> on Monday, I wore cargo shorts because it was so hot and I was a little ambitious about the beginning of summer. But I usually wear blue jeans or black jeans 
and a shirt with a collar when I teach. You are always the utmost professional, Lincoln. So let's go back to... We've now lowered the bar where wearing pants makes you the utmost professional. Yeah, look, listen. I mean, that is a bar that I can get over. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take so back it. To, uh, back to the end of the... Uh, the post office and 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 the lying and the and the saying that if the post office my whole thing is are you saying like, like I understand that he wants to say like nothing that comes to the post office now can be trusted but does that mean that he's thinking that then people working there's people planted within the post office that are what going to take his bat they can like x-ray vision the ballots and see through them before they destroy them and like burn them in a massive burn pit behind the fucking post office well i mean remember that what he will say is that the ballots from x part of the state where i'm strong never got delivered or what he'll say is there were far too many ballots coming from detroit again we're just picking so up like people he's going to think that like blame people for voting more than one time going to suggest that yeah or let's 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 not talk about michigan for a second let's talk about arizona um arizona is a swing state this year i think the democrats have a real shot of carrying it okay who votes what's the most important part of the democratic constituency in arizona one of the most important parts of the democratic coalition in arizona mexican-americans okay yeah latinos in in arizona vote heavily democratic or heavily mexican-american it's a southwest state southwestern state well um, I, I would expect to have imagine that 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 the day of the election or the day before the election, or the weeks before the election, there are videos of people who look and are, in fact, Mexican-American dropping, let's say, a whole family dropping their ballots off at a post office or in a mailbox. Right. Of Mexican-Americans. Now, this is known as voting. But um, but if you were a, a, a racist, white supremacist political figure, you could say, look, they're all illegal. They're not illegal, whatever that means. They're not undocumented. They're, they're American citizens. They happen to be Latino, right? So, so they're, they're not doing anything wrong. But in the eyes of the racist, the proof that they're undocumented is that they have dark skin or are Mexican-American. Or maybe they're speaking Spanish on the way to the post office because, you know, they're Mexican-American. Um, but that would feed his storyline. Massive fraud. Look at this family in Phoenix. Look at this family in, in Scottsdale, whatever. I don't know Arizona that well. In Tempe, you know, in, in wherever, in, out by the Grand Canyon, wherever people live in Mexico, in, in Arizona. That would be, that allows him to tell a story, to further flesh out a story. Because the whole Trump, the, 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 the only cases of election fraud in the last few years have been Republicans breaking the law. But, but he, there are, I mean, I, I have a friend who is a very smart, high-level guy, Right. Um, works on politics all over the world, super smart, very experienced public opinion research guy, uh, and is not a big fan of Donald Trump. Um, and and he told me that he was at an event where he was just chatting, like a networking event, and he met a woman there who was a Republican attorney, and he was talking about the work he'd done all over the world on election fraud, on stopping election fraud, right? The work like we've worked together on some of these projects, and she said to him. Uh, I'd love to talk to you because we're very concerned about election fraud here. Now, he told me with a chuckle, I decided not to give her my business card. He didn't want to talk to this person, right? right? But that tells you their mindset. Like in their minds, this is a real issue. It's not. But they are planting that seed while at the same time engaging in voter suppression. Right, which is all I could think about when you told the stories of like you began to tell that story in Arizona. And all I could think about was... 
you saying that the white supremacists, like, even standing by a mailbox, like, with a gun, like, I fucking dare you to drop that ballot in the fucking box. And then nobody goes to drop the ballot in the box because they don't want to get, like, shot in the head or threatened. But let me, but let's ask another, another different question. Now, New York City, where we live, is a densely, the most densely populated city in the country. And we live in this little island, right, that is extremely densely populated, right? Right. Therefore, it is very easy for you or I to get to a post office. Right. Right. For me to mail a letter, so to speak, I have to walk 30 meters. Right. That's about 100 feet in American. You know, like it's very close. Right. Because but in other places, they're further away. Right. Because it's less densely populated. Now, it is certainly possible. And I don't know the data on this because I don't know this kind of data for every state that in a state like, I don't know, Arizona, then in the affluent white suburbs, they are better served Remember, it's proximity, not per capita, but proximity to the post office. Then in the rural areas, because in parts of the Southwest, it is Latinos who live in the rural areas, right? Just like in the Deep South, there are African Americans live in the rural areas. Well, if you have to drive 20 minutes to get to the post office and you're working, maybe your car's broke, whatever it is, you don't do it, right? Right. So in California, what they're allowed to do is, is that if I'm with the Democratic Party, I can go and say, give me your ballot, I'll mail it, once it's sealed, right? Okay. So I drop in the mailbox. That's called vote harvesting. And then it comes in, and that's considered, the Republicans say, call that voter fraud, right? But, but here's the issue. Let's say, okay, another way to solve that problem that I would suggest would be to put mobile temporary post offices in certain parts of the, of that's the a, country. I never heard the word vote harvesting before, by the way. Right. Like that's- but then the Republicans say, but, but then they say no, right? Because the legislature in North Carolina is Republican. So now the rural African-Americans who are an important part of the vote, there's also urban African-Americans. You have to pass there. legislature if you want to put up a temporary post office? Like what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, you, you can't just put I can't just put a post oh, office. Oh, I guess so. It is a government building. I you mean. may even have to pass it through Congress because it's the, the National Postal Service, right? So, so these are all issues, right? The same way. That remember the reason. What if I rented a bus and put everybody on a bus and then drove the bus to the post office? Well, that, Didn't they that do that be, last time? And they got they, that bus. I, there was a story about a bus no, getting stopped. There's nothing wrong with that unless you're paying people, not to drive the bus, but to ride the bus. That that gets some some legal gray area. But but I'm guessing so, you don't have to have people pay to ride the bus if you want them to vote. You're providing a no, service. Look, I mean, we've all. I mean, I volunteered in campaigns where I've driven people to the polls who are old or something. Like right. That. That's, not, that's not a big deal at all. Right. That's totally kosher. But it, all I'm saying is that. So remember this recent election in Wisconsin that got a lot of attention. Right. Remember how they said that there was there used to be 180 polling places in the city of Milwaukee. Now there's only five. Remember yeah. that? Well, just think of that with post offices, right? This community gets more. This community gets fewer. How do we equalize that? You want to make if you're going to have the the role of the government right. in any election anywhere in the world needs to be to ensure the fairness of the election and to make it as easy as possible for people to vote. You want to lower the barriers for participation, not in terms of citizenship, but in terms of access for everybody. We want everyone to vote. If everyone votes, we take our chances, right? If 80% of the people vote, and, 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 and but, it's, but the 20% that don't vote really don't want to vote, that's fine too. But if even 2% can't vote because they have greater hardships than other people, then there's a problem. And the problem is only in very close elections, which is what we expect. So I, I just at this point, vote. do you really think it's going to be close with all of these tens of thousands of people dying? I don't, I don't dying? expect it to be close at all with the national election, but I do expect it to be close 
um, with the in state by state. Yeah, I expect Biden to win the overall vote by six to nine points. Uh, that doesn't necessarily guarantee a win anymore. That's my worry. There's no way this guy can, Lincoln, there's no fucking way this guy can win again. Look, if this election, if I was on a show, it'll be on later this week. Uh, I, they said, I said, I feel, I said, I'm reasonably certain that if the election were held today, uh, Biden would win. But I'm also reasonably certain the election is not going to be held today. And, and as this guy gets more desperate, this is going to get ugly. I'm not, how much ugly, honestly, I'm not shitting you. I'm not, how much uglier can it get? I mean, there's 70,000 dead people that okay, also. Can we, just, we just back up for a yeah, you can. for a second. Go ahead. The official position of the president of the United States is we, we can, we will double the amount of deaths and you must be like warriors. We will double the amount of deaths so that we can have a slight temporary bump in the Dow Jones. And you ask how much uglier they can get. I know. I, I, What's I, I to stop know. from saying that again in a month? I mean, you know, I'm reminded of World War One, which is which was a horrible. I mean, it's not quite the same, but where 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 the generals just sent these people to a slaughter for no reason. Now, I also recognize that we have to we can't stay in our homes forever. The idea is to open up the country in a rational, smart way. And I also recognize that we're in the center of the pandemic. We have a different set of challenges than other places. So we have to kind of, you know, adjust differently. But but this notion that you're going to open up restaurants in, in Georgia and then not have an uptick in, in the cases and this notion that. that I mean, the, well, it's the, not a notion. It's actually happening. Dallas is already. No, he's it's, played, their, it's their belief. Their belief is that they weren't okay, going to get the yeah. uptick, but they did. The other thing is this. The way what we have seen and we have seen this in New York City, where we live more than any other city in the country compared to, say, L.A. or Seattle or San Francisco, is that. The problem here from a kind of health, public health perspective, a problem is that you can stay one step ahead of this. You can if you are really smart. And that's what they did in some states and, in fact, in some countries. But once you get behind, you can't catch up until it reeks, until a lot of people die. I think we're behind. We're certainly behind in New York. City. And now even right. more so that the weather got nice, especially after this past weekend. But, we're really fucking behind. What's happening is that in other cities where they were ahead, Trump is wantonly and his Republican governor is telling them, fall behind. It's OK. And the problem is, I mean, as late as a couple weeks ago, I was looking at the data and there were 55,000 deaths in the United States. That's a big number. Right. And I said, in a short, relatively short time. And I said, you know, that's really terrible. And then I was looking at CNN or The New York Times or some website and they said uh, they project 60,000 deaths. And I said, wait a minute. You're 55,000, you're not going to get to 60. You get a lot more. And I tweeted out something like that, right? But then, already, I mean, May, June, July, that's 90 days. If we have, if we have 1,000 deaths a day, we're going to get to 150. And if we have 2,000, we're going to get to over 200,000. And I hate, this, I hate to say this, but I think these projections in the 125,000 range are wrong. I think it's going to be more. And that is a terrible tragedy. But they're more because the president wants them to be more. And what he's too stupid to understand is that re- re- restarting the economy, this, doesn't, this isn't going to help the economy. Because he is immiserating the American people. He is the smarter people at 70% or so are scared to go out. Right. Right. And some are scared to do their jobs now because they're telling people to social distance and put on a mask and they're getting shot in the head. 
Right, but also they're telling the reason that they want to open that restaurant in Atlanta is if you don't go into work because you're afraid, you're not eligible for unemployment benefits. Correct. You know, if you're a small business and you're saying, I have to shut down because of the COVID, it's different than, well, I'm at 40%. You can't get a loan then, right? So it's passing, it's it's making the government less liable. It's, it's taking responsibility yeah. away from the government and placing it on what are largely small businesses and working people who are not, who don't have the resources financially. Well, that's what they're saying. It's more, it's more costly to open with no customers than it is right. to stay close and bite the bullet for another month or two right. or three. I don't, at this point, I don't, I, who knows how long. But you only get customers when customers want to go. And right now, most American people are not going to run into a, a delicatessen, a restaurant, a movie theater because Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or one of these morons tells them to. But they're still going to protest. They're still going to come out with their, you know, Heil Hitler signs and their guns and their no masks. And they're right. going to crowd and they're going to be That's in right. places because and the, shut the shit down. And- Hold on. We have a guest here. The enduring power of white supremacy is very strong. And that's what this is, right? Because on some level, as long as the people are dying are urban and people of color, you know, quote, real Americans, don't have a problem with that. And those are Donald Trump's voters. I mean, that's what this is about, right? Uh, what, what looking is for a video. Right. Looking for a video. He's looking really? for a video. This is what they do all day. This, but that's okay. He's he's allowed to look for a video. Yeah, but I mean, all day. Is someone at is someone at one of these like anti-Trump marches? Anti-Trump marches or anti-stay-at-home anti- marches? And she's like, um, <laughs> she's like, it's pretty funny. She's like, um. My two kids, kids are in my cars dying, but I can't come out because all you have your cell phones out, all the 5G. <laughs> she says her kids are in the car, like, really sick, dying of 5G It, yeah. Hold on a second. I, need to, I may need to get going. Hold on. All right, you could do it, Lincoln. If you need to go, you can go. I think this conversation is really, at this point, so fucking mind-numbingly, nauseatingly depressing yeah, I mean, I, I have to prepare for this television thing. All right, go for it. Is it tonight? Yeah. All right, you don't Al- want to... Al Jazeera-ish, seven-ish Eastern time. Al Jazeera-ish, seven-ish Eastern time, which means I have to go edit this, post this, and finish this up. Is there anything Is there anything else that you want to set? Who's, who no, we'll that? talk more later in the week. Just edit out the part when I was on the phone. Hey, I see you. Hi, Randy. Stay Hi. safe. I'm okay. Be careful. Look at careful. Hippie sweatshirt. Look at Ruben's new hippie sweatshirt. Let you know me see. Is? Who is that? It's a banana slug and a tie-dye. I have no, the banana slug I know has something to do with Santa Cruz because you posted a picture of him in something else with a slug. Is the slug the mascot? Yes. Why would you, I mean, I can get down at that school because clearly then I'm even faster than the mascot. I mean, is that. So in the, in like the early eight, the mid eighties or so there, it was because the Santa Cruz has all these banana slugs on the trees and stuff. Right. And then in the mid eighties, the. It's a pest. It's like an insect, like a pest. Yeah, I mean, they're not pests, they're just animals. <laughs> Although I did live in a place in Santa Cruz where they climbed up the pipes and you find them on your toothbrush. That but you don't awesome. want them around, do you want them around you? Well, the, environmentally, they do good things. I mean, you wouldn't want one, like, sitting over there. It's kind of gross. But, okay. um, but anyway, so the chancellor decided that we need a better mascot, right, because this is a laughing stock. So they had a vote. And banana slug won overwhelmingly. <laughs> because nobody wants to get rid of it. I, okay, fucking keep the slug. I'm down so, with that. So, so this is this UC Santa Cruz has now branded themselves as the banana slugs. And it's like a big, like like all of their stuff. That's awesome. And, 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 and like 
all of us, if you're a graduate and you're a slug, like it's a point of pride and it's the coolest, but it is definitely the coolest college mascot. And the official mascot, the official mascot has the slug reading a book that says Plato on it and he's just reading other bad Oh my God, that is amazing. That is, that is, I am definitely a slug by association. I want to, I want to be down with that. So when you go to school, I expect to get some type of slug paraphernalia sent to me in the mail. A friend of mine who works in the alumni. So cool. And was in New York for his visit. You know, he does an annual trip to New York, whatever, a couple times a year to meet with people, bigger donors than me. But we got together for lunch anyway. And uh, and he brought over chocolate, not chocolate-covered slugs, but like, you know, chocolate in the shape of a slug for the – you were very young at the time for the I, kids. Dude, Carvel better get all over that because forget Fudgy the Well. You need one of those banana slugs with those like <laughs> little chocolate bits at the bottom. Like banana slug magnet, which actually looked like a banana slug. They are freaky when you actually see a real banana slug. All right, I'm going to Google and I'm going to post it with the podcast because now, I don't know if I ever want to – I'm not a big fan of the insect or the slug, but I will, out of deference, now make yeah. myself a little bit it's smarter cool. and Google UC Santa Cruz. And we were there. Our motto was – they had no grades back then. The motto was UC Santa Cruz. We had teachers, no grades, thank you, no frats, please. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like my kind of school. I think I get it's down with that. And, um, it, and, it's, and the campus is like more beautiful, seriously, more beautiful than most national parks. Very, um, very beautiful. Mind-blowing. Like exceptional. And Ruben's going to take what, – what's the PE class you're going to take there? I forgot. Surfing, perhaps. Get the <laughs> fuck <Yeah>. out of <laughs> here. Is that a class? Like, is that a gym it's class? It's a no-credit <laughs> PE class. class. It's not like a cr- class, an academic class, but you can do it as part of your – if you're a student, you can learn to surf. I definitely went to the wrong school. The last time the I would toast. teach, I was giving a guest lecture there. And I had to have them lower the shades in the room because <laughs> while I was teaching was the sun setting over the Pacific Ocean. And it was so beautiful that it was distracting. Sounds horrible. It sounds like it's a right. miserable place to want to go to school. And I think it's exactly. going to be a terrible Anyone life experience. San Francisco, the top public university system in the country. Give the sweatshirt that. back. Forget it. Just get yeah. rid of it. Burn it. It's over. Shut it down. Never. No. <laughs> Done with it. It's so great. All right. All right, go be safe. Get out of here. Go do your 7 o'clock Al Jazeera. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch English. for it. We'll tell everybody English. to watch for it. All right, Al Jazeera English. not Arabic. Al- right. That'll be helpful. All right, Lincoln. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, so Lincoln had to bail and he had to take off because he needed to go prepare for his guest appearance on Al Jazeera English. So I am going to hurry up quick like a bunny, uh, spin this podcast around. Even though he left me in my misery uh, while he was talking about how Trump is going to immiserate Everyone, And I don't know if that's like emoliate or if we're all just going to spontaneously fucking combust or what that means, but I know that the shit is not good. I know that like the dude got off the plane in Arizona not wearing a mask and all the local Arizonian politicians were not wearing masks and didn't even barely social distance. And I didn't even watch him tour the mask facility. I don't even want to look. Looking at him makes me want to fucking vomit. So I think I'm just going to conclude by saying let us hope against hope and let us keep the faith and 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 pray that the light no matter how dim it might seem is still glimmering at the end of the tunnel and we we as a collective humanity and country will vote for the greater good for the country and for humanity because everyone is dying no matter what your race your creed your color your religion your sexual orientation no matter what state you live in Every single state, every county, every town, every somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows. It's ridiculous. And I think enough people are going to be fed the fuck up with this shit. And it's going to be way too many people that have passed because of the ineptitude of the Plantation White House. And if you have not seen The Morning in America, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, an America ad, 
even though it is sponsored by George Conway, who is still the biggest motherfucking hypocrite in the Twitterverse, who drags every motherfucker except for his sewer rat wife. And I've tweeted that out, and I've said it. I've ended up in Twitter jail because of it. Uh, it's an unbelievably bone-chilling ad that need, that was aired on Tucker Carlson's show, so it was a brilliant fucking ad buy that got Trump's panties in a bunch around midnight last night. And he went on a he he had to wake up his little tweeting Nazi Stephen Miller and have him go berserk on the Twitter machine because the ad just absolutely destroyed everything that has happened thus far. And it is all about the economic disparity, the uh, that this um, virus, the toll that this virus has taken, the toll that this administration has taken on people, the employment disparity, the racial disparity, how America is poorer and sicker and worse off ever since this fuck stick uh, somehow managed to get his ass into the plantation White House and all of the shit that we now have to undo. So I am now going to get off this fucking um, pedestal that, that I'm on because it's it's really, uh, it's unfortunate that that Trump would go after the post office and do anything nasty, dirty, underhanded, undermined. But then again, he had Russia win him the last election, so it doesn't fucking matter. But he's a cheater. He's a bully. He's a liar. He's a grifter. He's a sexual abuser. He's a pedophile supporter. He's an adulterer. He's a porn star banging hush money paying shithole. Uh, And I guess willing to do whatever it takes to win because the other alternative is jail, Um, which, you know— I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to end up in jail. And, uh, you know, we'll leave it at that. So just stay safe. Check on your peeps. Go look after Lincoln. He's going to post it. I am guarantee you that he will post the clip if this gets to you later than 7 p.m. East Coast Standard Time uh, for you to see him make his appearance on Al Jazeera English. Check his website, LincolnMitchell.com. He's in the Twitterverse at Lincoln Mitchell. He's on Instagram at Lincoln A. Mitchell. Watch his uh, Mitchell Minute. And I really, I want to say... Uh, take one moment because in the midst of this uh, conversation when Lincoln had to go take the phone call to book the spot on the show, I did read a tweet from Bay Block Atlantic City who tweets under the city of Atlantic who just tweeted and I'm so that his grandmother at 99 years of age just passed from COVID-19. So I am so sorry. It words seem so insignificant and small and you can't hug anybody or, you know, it just sucks. It so just fucking sucks. It's shitty. It's suckville and it's bad. And I send my condolences to you and your family and all of your, you know, your friends that knew your grandma. And it's just, it's just shitsville and uh, there's that. And, and and it really feels so insignificant to say, like, you could find us. If you need someone to talk to, reach out. We're The peeps are live on the Dance Jam every night, 8 o'clock, on the Instagram, at Doodleheads, in the Twitterverse at Small Pencil Club. Uh, don't not talk to anybody. Don't think there's no one on the other end of a phone, of a, phone, of a text, of a FaceTime, of a WhatsApp call. Uh you know, of a Zoom, however you need to reach out to communicate with somebody, find a way to talk to someone. There's people out there uh, for you. Uh, you are not in this alone. Uh, if you're staying with family, if you're staying alone, if, you know, everybody at some point needs to vent, everybody needs to mentally compartmentalize, as Hazmat would say, uh, and cope in their own way, as Franklin would say. So check in with the peeps. You can, oh, also check out uh, the Jake and Chom show on YouTube. 
Uh, you can get more information on that. You could watch Jake deliver flowers to people. You could watch Jake uh, give himself a haircut. The dude, I mean, don't take my word for it. Go watch it for yourself on YouTube, Jake and Chom. It's like Chomp, but without the P. That's what he told me so that I can say it right. Just Google it on the YouTube and search for it. Uh, and, and if you have any questions, you can find all those peeps uh, on the uh, that hang out on the dance gym every night, 8 o'clock. You can find the pastry plate. You can find people baking tortillas. You can find people in Michigan, and you can find people in Cali, in Chi-Town making tortillas, and you sending postcards, and you can find everyone in, in the Dominican, in Israel, in Canada, in all over the fucking place. Uh, we speak English, French, Hebrew, uh, Spanish, uh, you know, so there's someone there that can talk to you in whatever language you feel most comfortable. And with that, I'm going to end this. I am going to say again to Bay Block uh, down in Atlantic City, I am really so sorry about your grandma. And uh, I, I, I just, I, words are, you know, that's where words fail, even me, uh, when it comes to that. So remember to check on your people. It's really important. It's, but now It's always been important, but now more than ever, check on your people, wash your hands. And the least you could do, like Governor Cor- wear a motherfucking mask. Wear a mask. It is not complicated. It is not hard. It is, it is not too much of a goddamn burden. And I, I will say, oh, see, now I'll say one more thing, because I did, somebody did post a picture of a sign that was slapped up on a parking meter that said, If you jog on our sidewalk past our building and you are not wearing a mask, we love our elderly neighbors and we will throw things at you from the window. And that should be on every fucking street pole, on every fucking corner, in every fucking city, because you wearing a mask is not about you. You wearing a mask is about protecting someone else. It is protecting someone else's loved one. It is protecting someone else's kid. It is protecting someone else's grandma, grandpa, mother, sister, aunt, brother, father, uncle, cousin, niece, nephew, Somebody. It could even be somebody close to you. So you wearing a mask is not for you. It's not too much to ask. And every motherfucker in Dumbfuckistan, down in the West Village, in Chelsea, having house parties, and people are now posting shit and outing people that are throwing these elaborate like house parties in their apartments with like 20, 30 people. And Yasher tweeted out a picture of it. it. It's mind-boggling. Social distance, put on a fucking mask, and let's, like, find a way to get in front of this fucking shit, like Lincoln said. So, well, Lincoln didn't say that. I'm saying it because we are behind it. And playing catch-up sucks. And I hate playing catch-up, and I hate losing. And this is some—we are in some fucked-up losing position right now, and it's not good. It, it is enough already. And, and if you need to look at it through that competitive lens and you need to not be a fucking loser, put on a motherfucking mask. All right, until the next time— uh, that, that's a wrap because I want to get this up before Lincoln, uh, gets on TV. Uh, remember Al Jazeera English, 7 PM Eastern Standard Time. Peace and hair grease.